Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Nicholas Kubaranis, who is the CEO and uh, one of the co-founders, I believe, of the Germany-based Bloomwell Group, which is a medical cannabis holding company, um, obviously, out of Germany. Welcome, uh, Nicholas. Very excited, Richard. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, no, it's... I think I'm the, I'm the first CEO of a German company on a podcast, right? It's about I, time. You are one of the... You are the first... CEO of a German company, I believe, on the podcast. We've had a few people from the market in Germany on, um, but obviously the first CEO of one of the companies. So, you know, um, Bloomwell is a medical holding, cannabis holding company. What sort of businesses are you invested in and, you know, what part of the uh, supply chain? Yeah, so uh, let me give you a brief uh, overview over uh, Bloomwell Group and mm -hmm. why Bloomwell Group actually is so disruptive and innovative for the cannabis industry in Germany. So uh, Bloomwell Group is a is a holding company for various medical cannabis companies. Uh, we are aiming for the vertical integration in the space without focusing on cultivation because A, we think it's not economically interesting to be a medical cannabis cultivator in Germany for various reasons. And uh, B, we think owning the brand and being on top of the funnel will make uh, the difference in the long run. Uh, under the Bloomell umbrella, we have on the one hand side, Ilio Sante, and on the other hand side, Algier, Algier Care, uh, not algae, very important, right? Algier is, a, is the great Greek word for, for pain. Uh, Ilio Sante is focusing on the importation and distribution of medical cannabis, as well as procure procurement, uh, storing and packaging, and of course, product development uh, in, in the space. And Algier Care, which is our flagship company, is basically the heart of the Bloomwell operation, operations. And uh, Algier Care is the biggest telemedicine company for medical cannabis treatments uh, in Europe, uh, we have more than 6,000 patients and 70 doctors on our platform. Uh, we are the first company uh, in Germany which actually, actually offers easy access to medical cannabis uh, for patients, which was a huge blocker uh, in the past for the market to evolve fast, right? Uh, because we estimate that only 2% of doctors in Germany ever prescribe medical cannabis. So finding an knowledge yeah, of so the doctor. Let, that's actually a really important point because yeah, yeah, you know everybody agree. looked to Germany as being the you know the market that would open Europe both because of its economic power but also because it was looked to being moving ahead sooner than others. But mm -hmm. then while it opened up to a sense, the doctors really didn't start prescribing as much as everybody expected, in large part because the government really wasn't backing it up and the health authority wasn't making it easy. Mm -hmm. But with the new government in place, do you see new regs coming? Do you see a change in how the government supports the rollout? What, what do you see happening there? Yeah, I mean, there are three different ways to look at it, right? First of all, first of, all of course, we have to look at the medical market and of course, also the upcoming recreational market, right? Of course. Um, uh, if we reclassify cannabis as a narcotic, right, and um, as, a, as a normal drug, which will be used with a RX prescription in, in, in the future, mm -hmm. of course, that would also change the medical market, right? But I think we should talk about uh, the, the, the recreational market in more depth 
later on, and uh, we will touch that topic, I think, uh, because it's very interesting what, what actually happens and also the timeline which comes comes to it. But definitely right, it was very very difficult in in the in the in the past uh, finding knowledgeable doctors uh, in germany for uh, for for patients and that was a huge blocker like i said uh, for the involvement of of the market and that is basically what we are solving with uh, algier care because after the legalization right and uh, we can talk about the medical the medical involvement and the industry um, later on um, after the legalization, that the doctors were basically left alone, and we well, haven't that's had one of the problems. Of... They don't like to write prescriptions when they don't understand or have detailed instructions of how to administer and in what quantities. Yep, completely agree, and uh, that's a huge issue in in Germany, and that's what we're solving with our telemedicine company, Algier Care, because we mm -hmm. have more than seventy doctors on a platform which are knowledgeable and which get trained and educated by us. That's that's incredibly important for you know the training and education in the marketplace for the physicians is incredibly important. Beyond the seventy, are you going to be taking on education of a larger group, or is your model really focusing on those seventy? No, no, seventy for now. But yep. of course, we will increase the number over time and onboard more patients. Obviously. Okay, well, that's that's excellent. So you know, the medical market being one thing, of course the. Um, the adult use or recreational market being a separate. And, you know, the EU has examples of how things roll out between Canada mm -hmm. and the US, and, you know, as probably being two of the, in some ways, the most advanced, although the US being such a patchwork, you really have many states, different strategies to, to look at. But what are the incentives for the EU governments to establish both a, you know, the medical one should be more obvious, but the adult use market um and to really bring it out bring it into full legalization yeah agree i mean germany did a step in the right direction and i think a lot of un uh, eu uh, com uh, countries will follow right mm -hmm. uh, because uh, i think germany will lead the change here and it's important for Germany to implement uh, legalization correctly, right? And yep. be a role model for, for, for EU countries and also for the world. But I mean, let's go back to where we are now in Germany. And I think that's very interesting for the listeners of, of the podcast, because yes, of course, uh, big news, um, but I think we have to go through it step by step, what Germany actually did, and then we can display it onto various other countries uh, within the EU, right? Um, so it's getting a little bit detailed here uh, here and there. And if you have any questions, please feel free to, to interrupt me, uh, Richard. But uh, Germany, what Germany basically did now is uh, elected a new government in November. Uh, yep. The coalition between the Greens, the SPD and the FDP was formed in, in December last year. Which, which for um, listeners benefit who aren't there, is the government's gone from a slightly right of center? Well, in the US, it would be left, but it was right within the German yeah. to a slightly left of center yeah. uh, government. Agree. Um, all parties, uh, like you just said, were in favor of cannabis legalization, so not the conservative approach. Um, of course, every single party had a different approach. Mm -hmm. But what they agreed as, on. As is usually the case. 
yeah, yeah, like <laughs> always. Uh, but what they agreed on and what is basically written in the coalition agreement is that they want to legalize cannabis for adult use through licensed, shop, licensed shops, right? Um, this is all there is till now. And don't get me wrong, this is a huge step in the right direction, like I said before, and will open up the biggest domestic market for cannabis in the world, in my <laughs> opinion. Yeah. Uh, Germany has a population of 82 million, which is basically the market size of Canada and California combined, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but Canada I mean, is a like, tiny market spread across, a, you know, the indeed. second largest country in the world. It's, but it's not a, you know, if you're targeting Canada as your destination, it doesn't make sense vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, yeah. Germany, which is so densely packed. Agreed. Um, but I mean, we have to be re realistic. And that's also very interesting when it comes to uh, timeline, because I think, and that's also what other countries showed us, right? Legalization will not happen overnight. Right. And uh, I will also tell you why for the case of Germany. And maybe we can also display that to, to, to other EU countries, because let's talk about the process in Germany to implement the law first. Right. Yep. First of all, we need a draft of the law. The, the Green Party already drafted the law in 2020, which got uh, declined by the mostly conservative parliament back in the days. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, this draft could be used as a basis for the new law, but of course has a few weaknesses. As soon as we have the draft, it needs to be passed through Bundestag and Bundesrat, which are uh, the two houses of the German parliament, basically similar to the US. Uh, the Bundesrat is still mostly the second house, right? Mostly conservative, yep. which right. might change because of upcoming election in various states this year. Uh, but of course, um, after passing these two houses, and it needs to happen, uh, the law can be implemented. But what is way more interesting, and I think what is way more important, is that what we also have to keep in mind is international law, right? That was also an, an issue in various other countries, right? Well, Especially it is always U because, you know, yeah. as you touched on earlier, Germany doesn't make sense in, you know, not even not in the short term and definitely not in the long run as a producer. And Agree. so you need to have an alignment between the international frameworks to allow the transfer of the product from lower cost producing areas to areas where the demand is greater. And quite honestly, it's in the in the countries where the demand is great, but also the the funds exist, the money exists, the investment exists, where the R&D is going to happen and the real intellectual property in this industry is going to be built. Yeah, agree. 100% agree. And uh, Germany will be will be relying on, on imports. Uh, that's yeah. definitely correct because we only have medical cannabis cultivation right yeah. now of 2.7 tons annually, which is nothing which for is an nothing. upcoming recreational market. Which we, is we expect nothing. that <laughs> we will have 200 to 400 tons annually on the spot, right? So that is nothing. And we, of course, that's also still, have patients in Germany. That's still tiny. I produced, yeah. you know, off yeah. of my facility, Agreed. out of my facility in Colombia, we were on track to produce a third of that. Yeah off of 550,000 uh, square meters, 500,000 square feet. So, yeah. you know, just to give an idea of how little that is, um, yeah. and, you know, the market is so much bigger and the demand so much greater. But before we come more to that, we do have to take a short break, Nicholas. We'll be back with Nicholas Kuparanis from the Bloomwell Group. I'm Richard Zwicky on the Greenbeak.
And we're back on the Green Peak with Nicholas Kubaranis from the Bloomwell Group. And Nicholas, you know, we're getting in some interesting, uh, really interesting areas with regards to the development of the German market and the, the legislation, the like. And you know, I don't know if you uh, are aware, but I helped I helped author the law um, that was passed in Peru legalizing cannabis for medical purposes, and the entire regulatory framework. Uh, you know, back in 2017 and then 2018 for the draft on the uh, regulations. And it's, it's an onerous process and it was, you know, welcome. I enjoyed it. And, you know, I've worked with a few other governments since with regards to their issues and uh, towards helping streamline it. And it always boils down to, there's a lot of logical compromises between the different ministries in terms of their fears and um, assuaging those fears because every one of the, the ministries has, has different and, you know, justifiable concerns which are the ministries that are really standing out in Germany as being the ones that have to come to terms with a new framework? Yeah, I mean, the most important ministry is the health ministry, mm -hmm. right? uh, which is led by Mr. Lauterbach uh, at, at the moment. Mr. Lauterbach is very famous for, for being an expert um, with uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic. So right. he's pretty much focusing on that right now. Let's not forget. Germany is in the middle, like the whole world is in the middle of a pandemic still. <laughs> and uh, of course, fighting the pandemic is something what is more important than getting cannabis legalized right now. I think we all agree on that. Yes. Um, but let's get back to also important. Uh, Mr. Lauterbach also will not, you know, legalize cannabis overnight. And let's get back to the timeline in terms of international law and UN single convention, where Germany is a member of, right? That's also very important to point out because uh, like I said, Germany is a member of the convention and what Germany is famous for is not only uh, pretzels and beer, but uh, also being and Lederhosen, you can't forget Lederhosen. Yeah, also very important, Lederhosen. <laughs> um, and Germany is also famous for its, for its biocracy, right? Yes. So that is very important when it comes to timeline of legalization in Germany. In my opinion, uh, Germany will not choose the approach of Canada and Uruguay, which simply ignored the UN single convention on narcotic drugs, right? Mm -hmm. I think uh, Germany will do it in a correct manner. And I think it's also important that Germany does it in a correct manner because Germany needs to be a role model when it comes to that. And will choose the path of Bolivia with the legalization of coca leaves, right? What Bolivia did, and I think you know that, Richard, yeah. is Bolivia stepped out of the convention, legalized, and then stepped back in uh, with the remark that they legalized coca leaves. And I think that's the approach uh, Germany will choose. And of course, there's also a timeline to this and that is very important to mention because in order to step out of the UN single convention you need to file it till July of each year that you're That's stepping right. out right yep. uh, and that should that has to be in 2022 July of 2022 in order to legalize or step out and step back in again and legalize in January 2023 so the following year I think, and that's what we touched on briefly, Mr. Lauterbach and the health ministry is now very like, you know, concerned about the pandemic and is fighting co the coronavirus. And doing that, passing the law within seven months now, I don't think that's a realistic timeline for the legalization of cannabis. That's why I think- and Well, it's possible to pass the law, but it's impossible to put the regulatory framework in place, even- you know, because there's so many uh, connections that have to be made in the regulations to existing 
uh, acts yeah. and clauses and wave, you know, even transport has to be involved yeah. for how, you know, how is the product transported from one location to the other? And, you know, experience in other countries is, you know, that can take years. I agree, 100% agree. It's not done with implement with passing a law. You need to implement it too. Totally agree. So my 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 best guess is um, they will implement the law till July 2023, stepping out and rejoining the single convention, and then mm-hmm. my best guess is we will see legalization in Germany in Q1 2024. So in two years. Mm, that's reasonable. That's yeah, reasonable if everything's so well planned and you know. And hopefully they can have the regulatory framework in place in time at that point. Because yep. that's that is the holdup for a lot of countries. Sadly. Um, sadly. But you know, when I when I look around at other countries and you know, Germany is is the engine for Europe. And Agreed. you know, when when people start looking at the German market, they're going, you know, depending on which product they're trying to bring in, well, um, and the stage of the product, um, they're going to have to get into um, you know, a lot of the existing regulatory framework um, to ensure that there's compliance. And, you know, people talk about EU GMP and don't really recognize that, you know, the Germany standard of EU GMP is much higher and rigorous than mm-hmm. an EU GMP from another jurisdiction. And, you know, in some cases, the EU GMP issued by some of the governing authorities isn't even accepted by uh, other countries because it just doesn't meet the standards, which is unfortunate. I know Croatia's got that problem with some products. Yeah. But one of the, you know, the, um, Malta and Portugal are making a lot of um, progress in terms of yeah. positioning themselves as, um, you know, centers for becoming processors for the world, where the world wants to ship into Europe, deliver the European markets. And Portugal and Malta have been taking steps that they become the transit point. They take in the raw materials and they convert them or upconvert them to the appropriate standards, they process, and then they ship off under the EU GMP framework. And both those countries are able, you know, you're able to get them inspected and certified up to the German standard. And, you know, for a lot of people who think that, you know, well, the US or others are going to export to Europe, there's a mm-hmm. huge leap to be made in terms of product quality and standards to be able to do that. But, you know, one of the issues... For medical use. Yeah. Is, that's important. <laughs> Yes, but That's one of important. the it is, but you know one of the, the issues is you know Malta's been uh, has built a framework and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mishmash that some people are concerned it's you know while it's taking some great steps from the perspective of uh, direction in the medical market and you know wellness and everything else the some some of the issues around the um, adult use side are opening up issues. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you see that, you know, a German move in the market's going to change that? I mean, uh, I think I get your question. I think- we I, Sorry, to... it was convoluted and long-winded. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> we need, but I get it. Yeah, I get it. So we need to separate between decriminalizing cannabis and legalizing cannabis. I think that's very important. I think what, what Malta did right now is decriminalized cannabis for mm-hmm. adult use, right? So you can have your own plants so at personal home. Personal possession and so at homegrown. Yeah, but that is not implementing cannabis as a consumer product, right? And that's right. what we want to have in Germany, a total legalization for cannabis uh, on the adult market, right? Uh, no, absolutely. And as Germany moves, does it force um, 
more of the member states of the European Union to follow a similar direction so that there are more there are greatly standardized laws across the union yeah i think 100% because germany needs to be a role model for for cannabis legalization if it's done correctly and that's important to point out like i always said right yeah. um, if it's done correctly it can be a role model and what does it mean if it's done correctly mm-hmm. it correctly means not making the mistakes for example that canada did not making the mistakes with a fragmented market that the us did no federal legalization right mm-hmm. and also very important right regulating the price right the price needs to be needs to be comparable to the black market in order to drain it because i mean that's the main focus of legalizing and we also have to keep in mind that taxes shouldn't be too high right because mm-hmm. what we see in california like you know uh, we still have 74% 75% of of consumers actually getting their cannabis from the black market and not buying it in stores because it's simply too expensive yep. and these that happens things- in canada as well even where there's Agreed. a very you know very built out now network of dispensaries that are government certified but the government applies uh, you know heavy taxes and that yep. you know that causes people to look elsewhere 100% agree and that is a mistake germany should not do right mm-hmm. and we need to have comparable prices to the black market in order to drain it and if we do it correctly right and it's also <laughs> about quality control it's also about enough product on the market it's also about high thc product right um, which we for example also not have in, in california and some various u.s states yeah. um, it is important to have the full the full legalization happening. And then, of course, Germany can be a role model for legalization uh, in within the EU. No, I absolutely agree. Nicholas, we do have to take one more break, but we'll be back in a minute um, on the Green Peak with Nicholas Kuparanis from the Bloomwell Group. I'm Richard Zwicky. And we're back on the Green Peak with Nicholas Kuparanis from the Bloomwell Group. And Nicholas, you know, at the start of the uh, segment, um, you touched upon Bloomwell Group's place in the market. It's a cannabis holding company. Um, But one thing you didn't mention is you just recently raised $10 million in funding to enhance your participation in the space and to invest in other companies as well as through a holding company model. Um, But also you um, had Boris uh, Boris Jordan from Coralief uh, join you as well. And of course, one of the things we just we chatted upon, I believe, in the last segment was, and the earlier one was the US is going to look at exporting to the world, and the US standards aren't there for being able to import into Europe uh, once it really opens up. Mm-hmm. But your tie in with, uh, with Boris Jordan is an interesting one. How do you see that developing? And, you know, what, uh, what are your hopes for the Bloomwell Group over the next 24 months? Yeah, I mean, the Bloomwell Group has a very special approach, right? We are the only company in Germany who has a D2C approach and actually has access to the patient, which is important Mm -hmm. also when it comes to a recreational market. And from the beginning on, we had a very lifestyleist approach, right? Right. Because we think if you are sick, you don't want to be treated as a patient. You want to be treated as a 
customer, right? Yep. So our DNA has always been customer satisfaction and not patient experience, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be the go-to place for cannabis, and we are actively building this insp- experience and brand for it, right? Uh, market, markets like Canada, like you mentioned, and the U.S. show us that um, the players who position themselves early in the medical market will also lead the recreational market. This is, of course, also the strategy for Bluewell, and that is why also uh, Boris is on our board and was very satisfied with our with our strategy, and we raised we were able to raise the largest seed investment round in a in the european cannabis industry because boris is very valuable for us has has a lot of experience in the field and cureleaf obviously also started as a medical company and made the transition to a also recreational company and is now one of the biggest companies uh, cannabis companies in the world so that's a tremendous value for us right and really it's a great example for the rest of the industry definitely and it's not only Boris, right? What we of see, course. of course, it's after never one the, after after <laughs> after the announcement, after yep. the announcement of Germany becoming legal within the next few years, of course, we'll see a lot of interest from uh, from investors overseas, right? From the U.S., uh, from from Canada. What I what I'm still missing is a little bit more interest from 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 European investors and especially German investors, but they are like always, right? A little bit more conservative when it comes to that approach and not a little bit more risk averse than uh, the, the VCs uh, overseas, right? But that, that's historical, right? Because people in, you know, in Europe look at family offices and businesses as being multi-generational and yep. this industry isn't that. It doesn't have that background. Agree. Right, so that's definitely part of the, uh, the mentality that will change as people understand how these become multi-generational businesses. Yeah, I agree. So, 100% agree. You know, I, I think it's exciting, you know, what you've been, you know, what you've been doing and what you're what you're looking at with regards to the the next while the the two channels to support the doctors and everything else being I think the doctor medical support and the channel you're using with the 70 doctors to start is incredibly powerful because that is, you know, that part of the physician education, but also being able to um, get the patients to the right treatments is key for the broader adoption and growth of the market. Um, What are challenges you've reached or or come across in that area that you've had to overcome? I mean, the most important challenge in that area, when we're talking about the medical market, of course, Mm -hmm. is uh, that we need educated doctors, like I told you before, right? Yes. What What we had to do is we had to set up educational programs, right? Mm-hmm. Because the most of the doctors we onboard, they don't really know about cannabis treatment and cannabis as a medicine. So it's that was an important milestone we achieved. That For we, many, the endogenous cannabinoid system was never even taught in medical school, right? So it's... 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nobody actually knows about it uh, in, in Germany when it, comes, when it comes to doctors. Only a very, very few, right? So we start at the beginning. We start very early stage. And uh, we, we, we explain it to them. What we want to have is we want to have the best educated doctors and the experts for medical cannabis treatment on our platform. And that's what we achieved with the 70 doctors we have right now and will achieve also with more doctors we will onboard in the, in the future. And how many, how many patients can those doctors see in a day? 
Dep depends on uh, depends on on the timeline uh -huh. of, of of the treatment, right? But uh, up to 20, 30 patients is is possible because it's via telemedicine, so it's online, right? Right. Uh, and half an hour could be the the speaking time uh, to ten minutes sometimes. Right. So the nice thing is you're able to reach you know thousands of patients a month month through that model. Yeah, I agree. And those are patients who otherwise weren't able to find the treatment they needed for the conditions they're seeking to deal with. Need and to it's deal decentralized, with, right? Yes. That's very important also to mention because uh, being decentralized is a huge opportunity uh, for patients also on the countryside, right? Oh, absolutely. And when it comes to when it comes to legalization, I think what is also important to mention is that uh, in the in the in the basis for the draft of the recreational use of cannabis of the greens, for example, a lot of mistakes were made. Um, for example, the 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 e-commerce part of cannabis was not allowed in that draft. Right? <laughs> I hope that I hope that will be changed by Mr. Lauterbach and uh, and and the current uh, health ministry. Right? Yes. And we will see e-commerce for cannabis because that's also important. We see that in telemedicine, and we see that when you're online based, you also reach the countryside. And in order to drain the market, to drain the black market in a recreational market, you also need e-commerce and cannabis to ship it uh, to, to, to the countryside. Otherwise, you just, you know, push the black market out of the city, but into the countryside, which we don't want to have. Well, exactly. I know, you know, that's been, a, been an issue that I've, when I've spoken with governments and dealt with regulatory frameworks in the past, that is one of their big concerns. And, and it's really a matter of working with them to understand you know their fears but also then finding solutions that meet the patient's gains but also give them the comfort that it isn't opening up the black market because that's big a big part of their fear is that this becomes a legalized channel of a black market activity yeah i agree right and it's it shouldn't be and, and it's a combination right it's a combination of all the single steps we need to take when it comes to pricing right taxes quality control right mm -hmm. uh, also where do we get the cannabis from importation needs to be allowed because we don't cultivate in germany right e-commerce right. online needs to be allowed you need to you have to be able to ship cannabis to the countryside these are all parts which need to be discussed right and that's why i always uh, tell everybody that we need to have a roundtable in Germany where every single stakeholder of the industry participates with politicians, with lawmakers, with police, with also the industry in order to be a role mo model for cannabis legalization globally. And yes, no, and that, that's the thing. Everybody can learn from both the successes and the failures of other jurisdictions in building, building better the next time around. Agreed. Right. And unfortunately, you know, you talked about, you know, the, the Canadian U.S. examples where parts fell down. I mean, Colombia has been a terrible example where the government mm. made a lot of noise to attract the investment and then throttled and strangled the companies by not allowing the exports. Um, and, you know, Peru, unfortunately, their government changes looking at restricting um, the the exports and the, the thresholds for um, THC down to you know, as little as 0.2%, which means you're preventing the market from developing, um, mm -hmm. despite them actually having a massive rollout of for, uh, for patients. So, you know, governments, you know, need help. They're just people who are trying to figure it out as well. Yeah, I agree. So, 
you know, the groups you're working with, as how much time do you actually spend dealing with the government agencies to to deal with this? Because obviously it's a, you know, the government moves are going to be key to your success. 100% agree. And of course, that is our clear focus, right? Yeah. Uh, like I told you before, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. So <laughs> not too much time for, for cannabis in Germany right no. now. Yeah. But um, as soon as there is a step going forward when it comes to legalization. Uh, we are very happy to be a part of it and we will be a part of it, definitely. No, you absolutely will. And I think you're making a lot of the right steps towards uh, towards success and uh, the direction you've got, but also the, you know, the perspective you're bringing to the, the market is, is spot on. You know, I, uh, I fundamentally agree with you on your points. I mean, I'm sure that there's gray areas where we're gonna disagree, but the overall direction is, uh, Exactly there. And uh, I think, Thank you, Richard. you know, the, I'm really always thrilled when I see a company taking the steps around uh, physician education, because without that, uh, there's too many mysteries in the market. And 100% also, agree. Right. And so patients need those patients and doctors need that. Um, and so that's, that's huge. Nicholas, I'd like to thank you for joining us this week on the Green Peak. It's been an, a really interesting conversation. What I'd like to do is, you know, have you back in a few months, uh, maybe just after the start of July, and we'll see what the uh, government does as far as uh, the moves for the treaty and how that's progressing, because it's going to be of keen interest to, you know, not just the German market, but the global market. Very interesting times. Uh, definitely will be back. Thanks for having me, uh, Richard. And of course, uh, also Bluewell will, will add a third company to the portfolio. Oh, yeah. It will be also very interesting to speak about it because it will be very disruptive again. So happy to talk soon. Well, I look forward to hearing about that. I very much yes. do. All right. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Nicholas. Have a wonderful day. And thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak, and we'll chat with you again next week.